I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and obviously a much better human being. Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans, Chuck and Chernoff show here. And I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. You can find it on Apple, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast apps. Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia. He's a local Atlanta kid, and he won't let the Luca versus Trey thing go. He interned with us back in the day, and you'll always remember him. Anyway, definitely go check out ChaseThomasPodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave him a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Matlana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast. Um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate. I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, Everything School HQ, up there in, no, I shouldn't say up there, over there, excuse me, over there in Los Angeles, California, my good friend, 49ers Hubs, Evan Swords. Evan, how are you, sir? I am exhausted. But uh, you're a trooper, man. And for the good folks on YouTube.com slash Chase Thomas Podcast, like and subscribe, all that good stuff. Evan has the the Niners lid, the Kyle Shanahan special, but he's also, he's got the chain. He's got the San Francisco 49ers chain. Um, oh, oh, yeah. this whole thing? Have you taken I, it off to sleep or has I, it just been on? For bold like of week? you to assume that I've slept yet. <laughs> Fair enough. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, no, I, I literally, you know, is, I gotta say this is the least, uh, outside of the game in itself, which was amazing. And one of the best experiences of my life, you know, my birthday was on Saturday mm-hmm. and I drove to the game because last minute the tickets were like for me and my girlfriend, like, the, you know, the plane ticket was like 400, $500 a piece, which mm-hmm. is abs- absurd. Uh, so last second we were like, all right, let's just, let's just drive. So Saturday on my birthday, I drove to Santa Clara where we got a hotel about a mile away from the stadium. By the time I, we got there, I was like, man, I'm tired. Let's just go to bed, make sure we're good for tomorrow. And then, you know, got to the stadium at like 1130. Raged. You know, I, I don't think I drank much at all. I think I had like two or three drinks. Nothing crazy considering all the people around me were just hammered. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but we can obviously talk more about the game in general, but I watched, we watched the game went and saw Sarah's family who lives in San Jose, which is right, right by the stadium. Mm. So I, I was in the moment, one of the most amazing sports experiences of my life. And then literally everything surrounding it had nothing to do with the game. Mm. So I'm like, still not like really fully decompressed on the fact that I just went to uh, my favorite uh, team's stadium to watch them beat the Cowboys in the playoffs and go to their fourth NFC champ or what third NFC championship in four years. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right. Two in a row, three in four years. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, which is high marks considering it's all, it feels like it's, you never know who's going to be the quarterback when they make it to the NFC title game. Also here, Theo Ash of the stay hot sports podcast here on the blue wire pod network. Theo. Good evening, sir. How are you? 
I'm good. I'm good. I'm on a I'm on a marathon run of podcasts right here. I just recorded. Uh, I'm starting a new one on Substack about the draft called mm-hmm. the potentially the potentially great podcast. And so we just recorded. Me and my fr- good friend Cole Topham recorded that and talked about all the quarterbacks and just jumped right from that into this. Uh, so I might sound a little bit like Evan by the end of this thing. Um, so uh, just just grinding it out. Just on a grind on my on the grind on this Monday on this monday evening and it's kind of weird too like we don't have any nfl stuff going on like no monday night football no real no playoff games it's just uh we're at the tail end here we got three games left it's kind of wild that it's uh we're at this point but here we are and i'm glad you're doing draft stuff because i love your draft videos and you can go check that out on youtube.com slash stay pod um and all that or not stay hot pod is it just stay hot or is it stay hot pod? i think i said that oh it's stay hot pod on twitter and it's probably okay. if you just search stay hot on youtube it'll come up there and i think if you just search theo ash Substack, i think a couple of my scouting reports will come up that i've done so far on there you bryce go. young and bryce young and jsn and some of the big names so yes sir that's that's what i've got going on i love it i love it um, well, let's get into the Niners. Like Evan is, he's decked out for the occasion. The Niners take care of business. They beat the Cowboys. Survive the Cowboys, though. I know Evan's going to say he never had a doubt that they were going to lose that football game. But it's risky it to go on your birthday and potentially ruin the birthday. That's he a, wasn't worried though, I, Theo. I'm I, telling you, there was yeah, there was no. I can't <laughs> stress to you guys when I say I was not worried once. I wish so. Okay, I mean, there, I can't really. I, I got to paraphrase my tweet because it's not family mm. friendly. Um, but the first half, I looked at Sarah, and I mean, we're in, you know we're in this special fan section of of Levi's called the Gold Mine uh, when they basically had uh, the national championship. However many years ago, I don't remember. You guys might remember, it was like Alabama or something like that. That's um, a good guess. It, but it was That's either way, <laughs> the national championship. What happened was. They they saw that as the first time that they really saw Levi's loud and mm. raging, and they were like, "Wow, we need this type of environment." So what they did is they they brought essentially special bleachers in, and that are you can't buy tickets to them, um, and it's called the Gold Mine, and it's meant to bring like the rowdiest, craziest, funnest fans from all over the country to basically lead the charge with the cheering and things like that, you know, chants, all the above. Um, Nick Clark, 49ers legend, uh, he is the director of fan engagement with the 49ers, is who puts it on and who's who's uh, been so gracious to bring me a, a handful of times. Um, you know, we had essentially Tampa and Dallas-based 49ers fans in this section this time. So... Normally, I'd be going with my Seattle crew, who I had watched games with back up in Portland, and I'm rambling, but the point of all of this is this time, it wasn't me and a bunch of people that I was used to being in this group with. It was just mm. me and my girlfriend, Sarah. So, you know, my my job is usually just to go nuts and yada, 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 but it, before the second half, I can't remember what, what part of it. It was towards the end of the second quarter. I stopped and I looked over to Sarah, who knows more more football than most uh but still you know she doesn't you know, she's not like me by any means i looked at her and i go they have not scored enough hmm. and she's like she's like what do you mean i was like dallas hasn't scored enough like they need to score so much more if they're going to go into the second half and have any chance of winning and now dallas in the second half by all means did play very well on defense 
Um, and I, I expected the Niners to score more. Have we seen in the last couple uh, weeks, you know, with the 49ers? But I was. I was genuinely not worried one time. And I know that's absurd. Uh, in theory, you know, from a macro standpoint, 10,000 feet up in the air makes sense. But when you realize that it's the Dallas Cowboys – <laughs> there was never a doubt. The Dallas Cowboys were not beating the best football team in the NFL outside of maybe Patrick Mahomes uh, and your boy Burrow. It wasn't going to happen. It was never going to happen. And I don't want to ramble because I want my point to be concise. I was never worried. Ever. And when they did not... I mean, how do I... I want to talk about this. I don't want to just ramble. I can't say that enough. But I, I, I need that point of emphasis, obviously, that I looked at Sarah and I was like, they haven't scored enough. They're, they're mm. not going to. And then another point in the third quarter with nine minutes left, you can go to my timeline on Twitter. I saw fans of the 49ers tweeting things like, oh, it's over. Like, it's done. Sorry, dog, dogs running around. Um, I, but I saw, uh, I saw like fans literally tweeting from the 49ers like side of things, like, "Oh my God, this game's over. The Niners are gonna lose. It's all over." And I and I tweeted, I was like, "Can you all please be quiet?" Is the words I totally used. Uh, it's the third quarter with nine minutes left. Relax. Not to take from your boy Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. uh, but relax. So I was pretty level-headed, and I was pretty confident the entire game. Um, I, I, I got to say, though, I don't know if you guys have been to an NFL game in a long time. I come away from NFL experiences sometimes feeling like you, you finish the game and you're like, what just happened? Mm. You know what I mean? Like you get so caught up in the emotions and the highs and the lows and the screaming and the chanting and all the above. I would be curious to really hear, you know, a non-bias, your guys' perspective on what you saw, what it looked like for you guys. I'm just hoping for one playoff game to happen in Mercedes-Benz for the Falcons because that hasn't happened yet since the Falcons built the well, new stadium. You, you almost did one. with the neutral field, right? That would have, You know what's funny? I'm back <laughs> in Atlanta this weekend. I was going to go. Like if we had yeah. actually gotten that, we would have stayed the, the extra day and... and just done that because it's like when else are you gonna have Why that opportunity have? like i'm we're, we're i feel like tickets would have been pretty reasonable too for sure um so that would have been fun um but no theo go ahead on evan's question yeah i thought that uh the f i mean the 49ers defense just hats off to to everyone involved i thought i mean i don't the play where the play that will stick out to me forever and ever about this game was the play where fred warner was mugged up in the a gap and carried cd lamb down the seam like one of the best receivers in the league and he's literally walked up like at the line of scrimmage and is still able to turn in and run all the way with him it's like that is that is crazy that is like best coverage linebacker ever stuff from him that is that is absolutely unreal um jimmy ward camp coming off his assignment a little bit like and and picking off dak by by jumping that route uh, early in the game um Greenlaw was Gallup also doing on that, by the way, what was Gallup this was doing? this was that's a different I'm talking about a the second oh. pick, I think the first okay. pick. I don't know what Gallup was doing. I don't know what Dak or Gallup were doing <laughs> on that pick, <laughs> to be completely honest with you. Yeah. Uh, that was bad by both of them. Mm. And then the second pick, like it was just such a great job by um, Ward, like mm. recognizing what's about to happen, coming off 
not quite his assignment, but it would have been very easy and forgivable for him to kind of widen out because there was someone running into the flat there, but he just kind of understood, like, if he wants to throw it to the flat, we'll throw it to the flat. I think he's going to go to CD and totally jumping it. And Dak, you know, was trying to get the ball out very fast and kind of force things because the pressure is for the 49ers is so good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he you just made some forced some bad decisions and then almost threw another pick to Greenlaw who jumped the route. And I think the problem with the 49ers defense, the only one that I can really find is sometimes they blow coverages on the back end. Sometimes they're not like 100% on the back end and there's guys loose in the secondary. Um, and that didn't happen. I thought Hafanga played a great game and Gibson and, and you know, Ward had a big bounce back game after getting picked on. I mean, it was just a, a from all three levels, like there was a lot of pressure. The linebackers played fantastic. The, the, the slot defender Ward played fantastic and they kept a roof on everything. And they're going to be really tough. I mean, even a, a quarterback that I know got a lot of slander and played a bad game for sure. But, you know, I'm still going to call him even a very good, even a great quarterback like Dak, like couldn't, couldn't do anything in that game against that that defense. And you just got to take your hats off to them for that performance. Same with the Dallas defense on the other side. But yeah, at the end of Dallas, the day, the 49ers was just better. They were just better. I got to say, as a 49ers fan, like the, one of the things that was always really apparent for me when you look at the two teams and, and granted, you know, it's not like I'm watching Dallas every week as a, you know, a fan, right? Like you guys might watch film. Um, but you think about the names on the 49ers defense and you think about Fred Warner, Eric mm. Armstead, Nick Bosa, right? You think about Hufunga, who came out of just out of a cannon. Uh, you know, you think about Charvarius Ward, this incredible free agent signing, like all these like names, right? And then you go, okay, well, there's Micah Parsons and there's Quandary Diggs. And then it like, you know, you remember Tank Lawrence, but like he hasn't been the same Lawrence of late. And I got to say, you know, it felt like Dallas was going blow for blow on defense with less stars. It was really impressive. Um, Dan Quinn, I, you know, I told Chase at the beginning of this offseason, he's going to be a fantastic defensive coordinator signing. Uh, and he, I, I think he's just doing so well with, with the roster that they've got. Yeah, and I mean, to bring it back to Warner for a second, because like Akash on Twitter, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, Akash, and Akash. shout out to him. I was watching the game with him. He was in the gold mine. Oh, nice. Well, he had this uh, from uh, Fred Warner's uh, PFF stats where he had nine tackles, most for the team that night, uh, five run stops, also the team, a pick, two catches, four targets, 15 yards, passer rating allowed 19.8 so that speaks to what you're saying theo of just like he's crazy dude he still doesn't get the, quite the respect that he does yeah. i think everybody recognizes that i hope everyone recognizes that he's the best linebacker in the league but like in a couple he's been that for three years now and like mm-hmm. is building like a very real hall of fame case and do, i, I do just i'm oh, sorry go ahead i just hope every like i'm glad that he had that performance on that stage because he is He's just, you know, what is it? The the saying, seventy five percent of the water, the world is covered by water, and then the other twenty five percent. It's so funny watching the the like throwing charts against the 49ers every week because there's always a big void right in the middle of the field where there's no targets. It's like that's because Red Warner is there, and also Drake uh, Greenlaw. Who's I was listening to uh, the Daily ESPN podcast um, and with Pablo Torres, and obviously had Alex Smith. Uh, and Alex Smith was just like saying, it's just got to be insane being a quarterback and seeing this linebacker staring in your eyes at the line. And like you drop back and you see the middle of the field is open and you go to throw it. And that same linebacker that was 
up at the front of the line staring you in the eyes has now already run lot, like lot, like step for step with the receiver and is already back there and he's just talking you know it, it's insane and, and i want to speak to your point uh theo is as a 49ers fan and i i, I feel like i gotta get start getting paid for every time i say that on this podcast so as a 49ers <laughs> fan no but like you you're you're you've always seen the fred warner's the best linebacker in football i think i was one of the first people to say hey we have to start talking about that um but this after this game is when you started to hear 49ers fans like rumbling slowly like is he better than patrick willis is he does mm. he you know what i mean like and that's like you that's like no no go you don't do that as a 49ers fan that's like uncharted territory and it just you know it speaks i don't want to get into that debate but it speaks to how well he's played and you know a lot of people were like you know patrick willis was the best possible linebacker for the time that he was yes. in and now that the game is the way the game is, Fred Warner is the best possible linebacker for mm. this time. And I love that thought process when you think about Fred Warner and, and what that means. Um, it, it, is, it is insane to think about Nick Bosa and be like, oh, God, he's you know so good, defensive MVP. And Fred Warner is just quietly sitting there like, ask good. Yes. Maybe, maybe better. Yeah, uh, it's tough to compare them just because their body types and the the style and and the era was so different with War like Willison and I wasn't really like analyzing film at age ten when he was in the league, so I can't really <laughs> say that. But uh, yeah, I mean they're both beasts. They're both beasts, and and good linebacker play in the San Francisco Forty Nineers is have kind of been synonymous because they've they've kind of gone from from kind of one era to the next and and had the perfect guy for for both. And yeah, I mean. It's as far as like Dallas goes, I, I think like the defensive tackles deserve a lot of credit there. I mean, the 49ers mm. run game wasn't really worth like McCaffrey was mostly bottled up, I think, towards the end of the game that they started to sort of chip away and, and became more effective. But overall, I thought they did a good job, like the wide open crossers that you saw against Seattle because Seattle just forgot how to play any kind of defense in that game. Like and guys were 10 yards open every play like you, you they closed up the middle of the field a lot better than Seattle did. And yeah, the interior of their line and, and Parsons, you know, he threw, he didn't have a massive game or anything, but you saw him like wreaking havoc and throwing McGlitchie to the ground and, and doing things like that. So, I mean, it's it, Dan Quinn deserves a lot of credit for what he's done. I think um, they always play nickel. They always walk a safety down into the box. And I think that's really tempting for teams like, uh, especially San Francisco, be like, oh, they've got a safety down there. We're going to run, 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 run. And they've got the body types to, to hold up, even though they do that. And uh, yeah, it's it's a great scheme. Everybody plays super, super fast. And they just uh, they they just made more mistakes on, on the offensive side of the ball. And in the playoffs, that's what gets you. It's a one-game series. And, you know, that's th what? Did Dak have two or three picks? It's two or three extra I think possessions. Two, and, this one, right? Didn't he I think two? so, too. Yeah. I think uh, so but it's well, also but the yeah. thing with Dak, because I think he, like, tied the league in uh, – in interceptions this year um and he missed uh almost a month of time just about but like the thing is if you go through it it's like some of those stats are like that's pff had a good thing where it's like this is why we have we keep track of turnover worthy plays and there was that titans pick that bounced just off the cowboys receivers chest and it, it goes into a titans player but like i don't know he's 
it just his career the last couple of years is so strange because he's seen the highest of highs mvp level guy um and now the big thing is just and i think Dak's probably feeling the weight a little bit of this too is just he was doing that when he was making nothing and this is his last year of uh being a, a low a low cost quarterback for the cowboys and next year his cap hit is gigantic and it gets even bigger uh the next year i think it's like in the 40s next year and then 50s uh the following year and I mean, that's the problem the Cowboys, I think, I've now run into is Dak was really good for as a bargain quarterback, top 10 to 13 type and super cheap. And it's just like, oh, man, we can spend all this money. And then it's like, well, here's step one to the cap casualties where it's Amari Cooper. We can't afford him with this group. And we're having to like with Dak, when you pay the quarterback, certain guys are, are no longer part of the plan. And now you're seeing it's. I don't know. I, I, I feel kind of bad for Dak because I think now he's at the point where everything's on him and he's kind of being exposed a little bit because he's a really good quarterback. He's just not he's, he's not, not that top five. He's not he's one not of the final. Yeah. That's right. that is that's the thing that bothers me so much about the quarterback conversation right now is everybody wants players like Dak mm. to be talked like for the last three, four years, you if they wanted you to be like, no, Dak is just as good as any of them. Dak's top three. Dak's top five. And a lot of people were just like, listen, Dak's really good, but he's not elite. Mm. And, it, and like, I remember, like, the backlash you would get on that. And it, it was just, it never made sense to me of why it was such a pushback. You saw when Dak was a rookie and they had the best offensive line in football and they had these weapons and Zeke was the best running back, maybe one of the best running backs in the NFL. He he was able to play really well. Things were done easy for him in a similar way that Brock Purdy is playing really well right now when things are being made easy for him. And it's just like the conversation couldn't just be, he's a really good quarterback and a really good convert in a situation for himself. Everyone wanted to be like, nah, Dak is elite. Like Dak's Dak's one of the best, like, you know, Dak's better than Josh Allen. Like, and I, I just, I don't know if that's because he's he's on the Cowboys and they're such a polarizing football team, but like, Bill, you know, Bill Simmons said it best today or yesterday. You know, he's just like, and I think Chase, you were saying it too. When mm. you're putting the game in Dak's hands, and Tony Pollard goes out, and you don't have a Debo or you know an Ayuk or uh, you know Elijah Mitchell or all these different options like the 49ers have. He can't do it. He can't. And and also, is it fair to say that he can't do it when it is also the best defense in the NFL that he was playing? I don't know. There's a lot of variables, but the Cowboys got to figure something out. I suggest I suggest finding your uh, your backup and your potential new starter at the the last pick. Well, they already the got him. Cooper Rush went undefeated <laughs> as a starter. They are, he's no, sitting right there. Cooper, you Rush. just got to give him the last pick in the draft. That there's the some pick. gems there. <laughs> I, I'm. It's funny you say that. I always think of it as the opposite with Dak, where no one can just admit that he's like pretty good, and everyone is like because hmm. he's got the star on his helmet. Everyone thinks he's garbage and like he's terrible, and you know everyone thinks he's overrated. When I, I think he's definitely not in that elite tier. But like Josh Allen can't win right against the Bengals, a great roster when yeah. all he has is digs, right? And and that's it's it's tough. I think the best four rosters in the league are the best are the four teams left. I don't think it's the best four quarterbacks. Um, it might be two of the four best quarterbacks and Hertz is probably like, 
sixth or seventh or something like that. So it's three elite quarterbacks, and I don't know if I'd put Purdy in that elite range right now. But I mean, but that Hurts thing is a point that you. That's a great point though, because last year Hurts was what a top fifteen, maybe. I don't even know if he was that. He's probably but, in the fifteen to twenty range, and, and now he's yeah. That's but that's my point. Is like yeah, it's okay to say they're that they're good quarterbacks who need more help. Yeah. And Hurts this year is one of the most dangerous quarterbacks in the NFL, and it's because he's got his help with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Well, it's also they just get the like the Bradburys off the cap casualty list where they've just been able to just feast on other teams' mistakes, and you add Nadam Kinsule. You have, like you said, the best – what Dak had early was the best offensive line in football. Um, you've got this great running game. Miles Sanders has been healthy all year. You trade, obviously, for A.J. Brown, a true one. Like, you just – Devonte Smith is a one on a lot of other teams. Like they're, he's just absolutely loaded. And it's the thing is, like Jalen will run into the same thing that Dak did in a couple of years. It's like if the Eagles get to the point where they have to pay Jalen Hurts and sacrifice around him, well, then part of the issue, uh, like you're just going to run into similar problems. I think. Yeah, I I think the the quarterback contract like how they keep ballooning is a is one of the most interesting things in the sport to me because mm. it's just so hard to win with a quarterback making 50 plus million dollars and yet the contracts keep coming out right they this keep, is why teams were so upset about what cleveland did because cleveland so upset up with so yes, much they that's exactly what they did and and i think with dak i think he's i think the top quarterbacks in the league are obviously mahomes burrow mm. um allen and I think I would put Herbert and Lamar in those categories. I think they could just be heliocentric. I think they can carry an offense to the playoffs. I think those are my top five. I think. So you Mahomes think Rodgers and Brady are not in there anymore? I don't think they're in there anymore. I think that they're. Mm. I think Brady doesn't want to take a hit anymore. Brady is just you know if he's even in the league, if he's even a quarterback anymore, we don't quite know yet. But he's just so. It hurts when you're 45, right? And I think mm. that he just is getting rid of the ball just a little bit too fast. You well, look at the the time to throw this year. It's just, it's. I mean, he's always gotten rid of the ball fast, but this year I just think like, and the o- offensive line is bad. I get it, but I just think he's nervous to take a hit. I think he's nervous to hang in there. And I as think he Rogers, should, because a couple hits at should, 45 is going to break this man in half. Yeah. Well, and yeah. that's his own. That's his own fault. But like, I mean, Theo, as a, as a Packers fan that you are, like. You said it, right? I feel like these are these are quarterbacks that you can put on any team and they'll carry a team for those five. I don't think Aaron Rod. I mean, Aaron Rodgers can, I think, simultaneously be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but also we've it's been proven for the last four years he can't carry a team. He's had fantastic rosters. I mean, he said that that last week in the Pat McAfee show, right, where he's like, "I can't do this anymore. Like, I need help. Like, I we're gonna see what they do to surround me with help, well, and then I'll make well, my decision." No, he also said on the Pat McAfee show where they're like, "Uh, you know, do you still want to stay in Green Bay?" It was mm. such a basic. Would you, are you willing to go back? And like, it was like maybe two sentences before it turned into, I can still be the MVP. Didn't say anything about Super Bowl. No, team, nothing. I can still be the MVP. He did say, he said, he said, I, I think that quote got taken out of context because I think he also said, there's no point in playing unless you think you can win it all, is another thing mm-hmm. he said. I think Gronk t- said, like, oh, he's just talking about the MVP. He said something about being able to win a ring it as well. But anyway, that's not the point. I just don't think he's quite – his accuracy down the field took a big hit this year. Mm-hmm. I think he missed open guys uh, for some explosive plays. It's too much this year for me to put him in that, like – in that in that like elite elite like it, talking about him like with Mahomes and, and Burrow at this point so 
How do you think anyway, Derek Carr would take uh, film study time with Theo Ash? How would you? How would you Derek do Derek Carr. Carr in film study? I, I like Carr's. Carr's all right. I, I, he's the thing about Dak, and I think this is maybe I'll get into Carr, but I think the thing that I like about Dak a lot is that he's aggressive, and I think there are mm. guys. I, I hear him called the like the Black Kirk Cousins a lot because their numbers are similar, mm. but I think that's a very box score casual thing to say because they're they, stylistically mm. and their approach to their game is completely different. Kirk Cousins is like the most conservative quarterback in the league. Dak is probably the most aggressive. Like he will take mm. a covered shot down the seam, like into a tight window all the time he'll do it once a game like just up the seam it'll be like the two safeties will be descending down someone's carrying the the number three up and he's gonna try to like hit it right between the three like perfectly and sometimes he does it Mm -hmm. sometimes he really does like and and i think that that aggressiveness and that willingness to test tight windows um raises the ceiling to the offense and you know the cowboys points per game with dak in the lineup is is I think they were number one last year mm-hmm. in points scored per game. And I think this year with Dak, I think it was also like top three in the league or top five in the league or something like that. So he, they put a lot of points on the board, even though it's just kind of CD and, and Pollard are kind of the only ones who really have a ton of juice. So I think Dak is definitely in a, a very good quarterback. But you start to get in that $50 million range. I mean, it's the, the numbers of, of quarterbacks who've won Super Bowls making over like 13% of the cap, it's, it's a very, very short list in the last like – 40 years or so so mm-hmm. like I, I i think eventually we need to get to this point where where eventually the spending gets too much i think the Browns spent way too much on watson for i mean even if he didn't have all the allegations uh, like any quarterback like that much guaranteed it's just really hard to build a winning roster around him and you have to keep mahomes all right whatever he asks for you have to keep him you have to keep josh allen you have to keep joe burrow but uh dak is not quite at that level. I think he's the tier below that level and he's making that level of money and, and that's where it becomes a problem. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's this I kind why of I favor the NFC it's, in the it's, Super Bowl, by the way, is because I think the better rosters in the NFC right now. I think of the I agree four. T- I agree too. I think mm. that the, I think, I mean, sorry, Evan, but I do think that <laughs> the Eagles are my pick and I think they've got Ooh. the best roster top to bottom. But uh, yeah, I think the 49ers have the second best roster top to bottom. And I, I agree with you that I think the winner, um, will come out of the nfc i agree yeah we're on the same page there um i will say too though and the last thing on dak and really just the cowboys the cowboys have lost for the record seven straight time the divisional round and failed to make it to the nfc title game since winning their uh fifth Super Bowl following the uh 1995 title that's just bonkers like it's just that's got like cowboys fans we give them a hard time but that's excruciating um for a lot of their like <laughs> the only reason the packers don't have that re- record is because they go to the nfc championship game like <laughs> yeah there you go they probably have done they probably have done that 10 years in a row <laughs> that's true um but the cowboys like that they weren't supposed to be here and that was something we had dalton miller on um of pfn friend of the pod um before he moved to portugal like he's uh, i don't know how he's watching these games and everything and his and his time in the middle but, of the night yeah, yeah like i guess he's having to with the cowboys and that would have been rough to watch cowboys in the middle of the night on uh yeah last night um but one of the things he talked about was like this was just they're gonna have a lot more cap space next year this is kind of a gap year they last year was the year that they should have taken advantage of just where they were at had all these guys they were gonna lose a lot of them in free agency cap casualties were gonna happen like amari cooper yeah. tyron smith got hurt tyron he was smith out got for hurt. like most of the year yeah, yeah it like, was they, they stayed off regression to tackle yeah. they had to spend they had to really rely on a lot um the center got hurt in the titans game like they've just had to move around a lot zeke looks pretty much close to cooked at this point 
um, especially that if that's the last uh, like that last moment of <laughs> Zeke was pretty pretty brutal for him. But you look at it, and I think they <laughs> that's gonna be his last snap as the Cowboy. That's gonna be his last snap. Isn't that totally crazy? Cutting it. They're totally cutting him. Yeah. I mean, and then I'm just like, they kind of overachieved, and no one wants to say that about the Cowboys. But like, I think they overachieved this year. It sucks to lose that way, but I think they overachieved based on where they were supposed to be this year. Who? who yeah. Okay. Or, uh, who? With. How do you look at the Vikings and the Cowboys? Because to me, they're almost identical in terms of mm. how their season went. But I feel like people see them so differently. Well, the Cowboys beat the Vikings 40-3 to three or something <laughs> like that. So I view That's the Cowboys true. as a substantially better team than them. But I I don't know. The, the Cowboys are in an interesting spot because – or they were because every team seems to get better in the offseason. That's the whole point. You add people. Like, yeah, maybe you yeah. lose some things. But you usually – and they lost – like you were talking about, they lost all these guys. And you, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. And if you're getting mm. worse, you're getting way worse. And I – I definitely was was very nervous about them. I thought they could they would definitely be one of those teams to miss the playoffs. I as far as your question goes Evan, I mean the Vikings point differential was so bad. Like yeah. it was they they were in the negatives. Like the Cowboys, I mean they hung what 50 on the Colts and they hung 40 on the Vikings and they you know, they had some convincing wins. They beat the Eagles albeit with Gardner Minshew. So you know, they. I thought they had some more convincing wins, and I thought that they were a little bit more of a threat than than Minnesota was because that defense was so much better than the Vikings' defense, and the offense was also better than the Vikings' offense by not as much, but a bit. But I, I think they were in a different tier of contenders. Yeah, it is uh, but it's disappointing. It is. It is like, yeah. I mean, it's still disappointing. Whenever you're Dallas, you haven't. You're such a high profile team, and you haven't won it in so long. Like the expectation is always to, to win. That's that's the star. Yeah, kind of stinks to be ahead of schedule a little bit. Um, what was the final drive? We'll end on Chiefs Niners <laughs> here. So, what was the final drive? What was Dallas think? Two things. One for Evan, which is what was that like in the stadium on that final yes, drive? I want, to, to see, I want to know. I wanted to know what that was like because that was one of the all times. Like, did you notice immediately Dalton Schultz only got one foot in? Like, how did the stadium progressively react to like, oh my God, he only put so, one foot down? Or what, what are we doing? So, I mean, you got to understand at this point, like, I have been screaming <laughs> to the point where, like, I don't know if you've ever like screamed at a game where you got a headache in the middle of your forehead. Like I don't know if that's a thing or if normal. But, Never like, done. I'm not a screamer. Never done it. Neither nor am I. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, 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 everything was like. That's what I'm saying. Like when I was like, it all just kind of flashed. When he, when Dalton Schultz caught the pass and did that, it was like everyone was like, ah. But then you hear like, wait. And then wait, and then wait, 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 wait. And then everyone just keyed in and they played it out on the reef. And it was just like, oh my God. But like the entire last drive and everything leading up to it was like, I don't know. I, I just knew with how, and I mean, obviously this is just a fan talking, but like the way everything felt, it was like the Niners are going to win this. Like, I, I don't know how to explain it, but like, there to me, there was no chance. I mean, obviously, you know, they had to tie it. Cowboys would have had to tie it if they wanted and all that. But I was like, the way things were playing, the way the stadium was going nuts, just the moment in itself, I'm just like, they win this. I, I just like, I had bought this little blanket because it was so cold. So I got this Niners blanket. And you see the photos where I'm like using it as a jacket, basically. And I just had like my face in the blanket, like not crying, but like just happy because 
like we just knew and like the only moment where there was kind of like wait a second uh oh is uh when the 49ers player ran out of bounds mm-hmm. I don't know Mitchell that. what was he doing yes I, that was stupid I, like, it's because he went too far it was like one did. of those when you run for a little bit you lose track of where you think you might score and then you just keep going where he's like 20 yards upfield and he's like oh I might do I might be able to do this and you just forget like, the moment everything was a fever dream up mm-hmm. until that moment like i feel like that was the most sober because i was sober like like alcohol sober but like that was the most sober <laughs> moment of the game for me because we were like wait a second okay i thought everything was gonna go swimmingly and then then i was like oh oh, oh my god hold on is mm-hmm. everything good is everything good but like it, i don't know the niners just had it under control so even when he had one foot out like we were just already like everyone was rolling hmm. <laughs> i don't want to get too mad at the last play just because like how like what are the chances that a play that needs to get like 80 yards in a in like just one play like the odds yeah. that that works at all is is crazy and and they had a bunch of skill position players out there and like maybe i get that that you want like for a lateral play you want a bunch of skill guys out there because like what is a lineman gonna do the journey's gonna be <laughs> over as soon as a lineman touches the football so like <laughs> I get it, but, like, the execution was just so, like, Zeke getting pancaked and then immediately (laughs) Turpin just getting killed. It was great slapstick comedy. I don't know if, like, I don't really care if anyone get like, well, nothing I just love the idea. Nothing was gonna work in that moment, right? The the 49ers have a bunch of banshees on defense <laughs> that are gonna like they're not gonna allow an eighty yard touchdown on the last play, but it was that, just a hilarious. It was really, really funny. <laughs> my favorite part of that is like all game long they couldn't do anything offensively. And then like at the end of the game, rather than like not allowing Zeke to get just steamrolled, which was just mean, they're like, no <laughs> last snap. They're like, it's it's so important that we have all of of these offensive weapons that have never done anything this entire game on the field we can't possibly have an offensive lineman block or you know it's gotta be zeke that he's just by himself <laughs> looking Eric like Armstead Joe- too yeah no it was a it was a linebacker or no al shahir 51 but no but it was like it was like (laughs) the sad version of Jon Snow in the Battle of the Bastards Mm -hmm. where he's just like sitting there with his sword except for there was no army that came and helped him he just got (laughs) lit up oh so good (laughs) yeah I I mean we were talking about this like how what would you draw but it's like I don't don't know man (laughs) like it's it's tough yeah like what's uh, Kelamori he's just like this is probably it like we don't have much we don't have much in the playbook for this I don't know like maybe it you'd like for it to work better but I don't have any you're not gonna get a chunk like you said it the best answer here is like it's the Niners like this defense like what did you did you think that I was when like I thought the game was over when Purdy completed that third third down screen to uh Christian McCaffrey where I was like, oh, Kyle is really, he's putting this up for chance with the rookie quarterback. We're like, that's a moment where the Cowboys, if they had done something on defense, like a fumble, a pick, then I'm like, all right, they have a chance. But like, I just, Dak was not going 80 yards on this Niners defense with everything. No, like it just, no one's going 80 yards. No, on, no one's doing it. defense. It's, it, it's, it's just impossible. But yeah, yeah. it was hilarious. I got to give them credit. I I laughed when I saw it. So it's tremendous content. I, I got to give them. It's not my team getting blown up. So you yeah. know. <laughs> um, yeah. The Niners have now won twelve straight games. Their last loss was where they got crushed by the Chiefs, which is 
interesting because that could be another Super Bowl rematch here and a, a regular season rematch very much in the cards here. That would be great from a storyline perspective because that was not Brock Purdy um, who was playing in that Chiefs uh, Niners game. There's and some context there. Yeah, but ultimately, like, I'm curious if we get to that point because, man, I mean, the base in the regular season DVOA from Football Outsiders is the most balanced Final Four in 20 five years like nice. th- this is pretty wild so like i would highly encourage folks to go read aaron chat's piece on all this because that was like something i'd written down after the weekend of just like this feels like just the best four teams like oh, this is the nfl dream where it's like the best four teams and i understand the bills were really good on both sides of the ball all year long but something always felt a little wonky with the offense like they the tr- weren't it was too. It was too Josh Allen centric. Yeah. It's too. There's a reason the MVP has never won the Super Bowl, and that's mm. true of, you know, or they haven't done it since Kurt Warner in like 2001. It's been like a really long time, and mm. sometimes the MVP of the league isn't even the guy who's carrying the most because the guy who's carrying the most doesn't have the best roster because he's carrying the most. And the Bills felt like it the Josh Allen hero ball show, and you just can't. You know, when you play against a great roster, like the great quarterback too, you just can't win by yourself. So it is the best four roster. It's the best four rosters, which is the way it should be. Yeah. And I think it's going to be fun. I mean, I, anyone who had Brock Purdy versus Jalen Hurts in the NFC title game before the year uh, is what we call a liar in the biz. <laughs> um, but it's also like there's just little things. We even talked about the Kittle play and uh to <laughs> from purdy uh where i'm sure in the stadium it was pretty bonkers with kittle just bobbling it as he's falling forward um he said after the game i'm not even in the read so i just kind of saw a space and he hadn't thrown it yet so i was going up the field kittle said he gave me a catchable ball and i was just trying to be dramatic just for tv <laughs> i love him like he's so great <laughs> like he's so great and it's Joker also just like and... right and i the reason i bring up the chiefs here and the, the loss they're built kind of the same way. Like the Travis Kelsey show was all over the place in Jags chiefs and George Kittle was obviously extremely important. That big play set up that, uh, just what ultimately led to a Christian McCaffrey touchdown run. I think in that drive it was a 91 yard drive, but none of that happens if George Kittle does not, uh, do what he does there in the third quarter, both teams. It's like the tight end position has been revitalized because George Kittle and Travis Kelsey just, they don't get the same kind of love like the Mahomes and the Purdies and the Debo's of the world, but like this is uh, this is top tier tight end football, and that's uh, that's something that I'm kind of rooting for. I just want to see the tight end, the greatest two tight ends in the sport, go back to back or go at it once again in the Super Bowl because I think both will be used heavily and just be uh, a pain in the ass for both sides. Gotta get past the Eagles though, man. I don't yeah. know. Top to bottom. I, I think that that team has the quarterback advantage. I think they have the offensive line advantage. I don't know if they have the defensive advantage, but I think I think that there there's enough on the line and the quarterback that I I do think they'll win the game. I don't know, mm. Evan, if you've got a path to victory here where what I'm saying is is wrong, but uh I, I just look at them and I say like what is a what is a loss look like what how many points of failure would there have to be because there's just I mean there's just pro bowlers everywhere like all across the line on both sides they've right. got 70 sacks in the regular season that's a ridiculous number I mean they they just shredded the giant the giants aren't a very good roster but they, I mean they just completely put them through the the paper shredder and I 
I, I think I think that the, the, that that matchup might be a little premature, but maybe. Yeah, but the 49ers can do it. They could. They they have this. They have a great roster too. So, so I don't, let's I don't let's know if it's as let's good though. let's talk about it a little bit. Okay, can you guys hear me? All right. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm just making sure. Um, obviously, everyone wants to talk about the Chiefs at the beginning of the season. Mm. The 49ers had four pivotal pivotal. Uh, starters gone. They did not yes. have Brock yes. Purdy. They did not have Christian McCaffrey. Uh, it was an entirely different team. Mm. Um, the 49ers right now are not the same team. I'm still terrified of the Chiefs. PTSD <laughs> by all means. Um, the 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 I do think the Dallas Cowboys were the best team since the Chiefs that they had played all season, mm. and they won. Uh, I would have liked to have seen a, a bigger win. The Dallas defense is really good. Um, they're better than the Eagles in certain ways, and obviously the Eagles are better in certain ways. Um, and you know, you look at their what what is the uh, the data set the sack um, like the, was it the amount of times that they are able to sack or like the sack efficiency or something like that? The Eagles sack efficiency the pressure to sack. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just like off like the that. charts, obviously. So, yes, I think the Eagles are probably going to, just like the Cowboys last week, be the best team that they've played since the Chiefs. Hmm. But I think a big thing for me is Jalen Hurts still has a hurt shoulder. And you you wouldn't have maybe necessarily noticed because he was throwing touchdowns. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think a lot of people have discussed it and a lot of people that were watching the game have talked about how he did look risk-averse when he was taking hits. He looked like he was sliding a little bit early. He looked like he was kind of like jogging rather than sprinting. Um, and I think the 49ers are the, the wrong team to go up against uh, in that situation. Because if you get hit one time from Nick Bosa, who, by the way, didn't get a sack, didn't have his best game, might be a little motivated this time around, you know, things can change really fast. I think... If the, you know, what does that path to victory look like for the, you know, playing the Eagles? Uh, they have to have the offensive line play the best game that they've played all year. They played very well, I think. There was, you know, two sacks, but no turnovers. Um, I think they have to build off that. And they're, they're going to have to keep Brock Purdy clean. Uh, Brock is, you know, didn't throw an interception, but also didn't throw a touchdown. Um, there's, Kyle's just got to get in his bag. Like, really. They can't be... Like, I think... The best way I can explain it is what they did with the time management with Kyle Shanahan at the end of the game or at the end of the first half where everyone yes. was like screaming about yes, how... they can't do that. Well, the thing is, is like Kyle talked about it and his thing was Kyle's very big on... He likes scoring before the half and then he likes getting the ball back he likes that momentum and he did not want that to happen to him so he was like listen you know should i have been more risk adverse maybe i didn't like being in that situation myself but i did not want them to be able to score and then get the ball back and i can understand how you might want to be like that but i don't think you'll have the luxury of being like that against the eagles and i think you're gonna have to go all out you're going to have to use, as much as I hate it, Debo's a running back. You're going to have to get creative, um, you know, with Christian McCaffrey. You're going to have to use every play you've ever thought of. Um, but I don't think it's a, a David and Goliath because the Eagles no. have the Eagles yeah. have not played 
a defense like the 49ers this year. Like the Cowboys are good, but it's not the same. And I think we saw that, you know what I mean? Like we just watched what happens um, when those two defense played against. Um, but once again, if Jalen Hurts' shoulder is actually a little bit worse than we imagined, or if he gets hit, anything can happen. So I, I am excited that I will not be traveling to Philadelphia to watch this because they're a scary team. Um, <laughs> I am not as I'm not, you know, like I said, I was, I knew in my heart that they were going to beat the Cowboys and I won't even be betting against the Eagles. It's going to be a really tough game. I'm just glad we're getting it. Like this was what I wanted in the NFC is I wanted Niners Eagles because I think there's two best rosters and you saw it kind of, I think in the Giants Eagles game more so than the Niners um, Cowboys game. Uh, Theo, was it that like, it reminded me, I wrote something down when I was watching it of like, Oh, this is like TCU Georgia where like <laughs> the Giants, like TCU good season overachieved. We're never going to be on the same playing field you just watch the players and georgia is just bigger faster and just better and kirby said this after the oregon game i'm sorry evan but when georgia thrashed oregon in the week one he was just like we just have better players like dan's gonna get it figured out but like we just have bigger better players like that's just how it is monsters yeah like and that's really what it looked like with the eagles and the giants of just like giants have had a fun fun season like it's been a, a fun ride but they've overachieved and it's like one of those when you run into the the real buzz saws it's, it's with time to uh, yeah. yeah it's just it's not gonna work like nothing nothing really worked and i kind of wonder if that was the best w- thing possible for the giants to eat their medicine where now they may not be more tempted <laughs> to pay saquon and or uh, daniel jones a lot of money this offseason to stick around because i think if I'm the Giants, as painful as a Band-Aid rip it would be, I am moving on from both. Um, I don't. I would not bring either back. But I don't know. That that was something that I saw uh, in that one. Did you do you share that sentiment where it's just this is not even like they're playing the same sport? Oh yeah, it was it was totally dominant. It was totally a domination. I mean, the the Giants uh, were like dead last in rushing DVOA this year, mm-hmm. and the Eagles were just like okay. I mean, even Dexter Lawrence, their best player, was getting washed out, right? Like, yeah. he, he didn't do anything in that game after after taking the game over last week, and then you'd run into this week, and it's just like, oh, yeah, it's it's time Jaylen to get Smith we, is we, a starting linebacker for the Giants, which I didn't even realize yeah, until this it's, game. Like, it's stupid. Like, Evan Neal isn't good. They have one good lineman. They have no great wide receivers. Their quarterback has been playing, like, fine. Uh, and it, it's, it's just time to go. And, yeah. look, it— no shame in it. It was a great season. As, as mm-hmm. long as you don't like massively overpay Jones and and Saquon Barkley, it's a roaring success. I, I would be more down to bring Jones back for like the right price, but it, like for the right price. But anyway, I think when you look at the Eagles I, and I, the one game they lost this year with Jalen Hurts, um, you know the the Forty ers blood clock. They they ran the football a bunch. Um, after that game, the the Eagles signed a bunch. They signed Linval Joseph and oh, you mean the, what, the Commanders? Were the Commanders? The commanders. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What did I say? The Niners. Yeah. Oh yes, Commanders. Yes. yes duh. Um, they blow clock, and then immediately mm. after they signed these two defensive tackles, <laughs> and the the running game or the run defense is, I think, but a little bit better since mm. then. But um, you know, you could still like 
try to put those linebackers in hell a little bit if you're Kyle Shanahan. You know, it's you never know how a team is going to react and cover all those weapons. You know, it's there's so much eye candy. The guys are just so athletic, right? A, just one missed tackle on Debo, and all of a sudden he's gone. Like it, it can definitely swing any way. Like we talk about the monsters. Like that's what the that's what the 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 Niners have at the most important positions. That's what they've hmm. got at tackle. That's what they've got at wide receiver, except for maybe quarter, but that's what they've got at edge. That's what they got at. Well, and I guess off ball linebacker, maybe not is at the top, isn't at the top of the positional value list, but like at a lot of these important positions, they're good enough where like they can, they can shut you down. Okay. So, and uh, yeah, I, I think it'll be a great game, but I, I just, the Eagles were my, my Super Bowl pick when I, when I was on here last time. And when I did my, my picks, uh, in the in the playoffs so far, and I, I just think like what we've seen this this whole playoffs is made the best roster win, and I, I just I mean there's Pro Bowlers at multiple Pro Bowlers at every unit, and I, I think the line the difference in the interior of the offensive line of the Eagles and Niners is kind of I think a, a bigger edge than some see I think the 49ers in these playoffs the they not not the tackles but the interior of the line has gotten beat up a little bit. And especially in that Dallas game, the running game wasn't able to get going to maybe the point they would like it to, which is why that game wasn't a bigger deficit for them. Um, whereas the Eagles, I, I just think all all the way across the line, they've got they they might be able to establish the run and be a little bit more two dimensional on both the ground and through the air. That's and yeah. if they could do that, like that, if they could do that, but they haven't seen it. Like Hertz could see. The 49ers that's why defense I and think it couldn't happen. So yeah, it's it's definitely that's why I think it's got to be Christian McCaffrey and Debo, mm. because the Eagles have a great secondary. They've got an unbelievable defensive line. So it's going to be like you know breaking out of that crease, getting out into the middle of the field, like barely right. Yeah. Like they're not going to have a lot of time to do it. Um, we saw 95 yards from Kittle, the most yards he's had in a playoff game. I still want to see him have a more dominant game. And that's what's really frustrating as a 49ers fan and Kyle Shanahan. Like, Andy, you know, and people will say it's Mahomes, and I get that, but I don't think it is. I think it's like Andy Reid knows how to get the ball to your playmakers. Um, mm. You know, Mahomes ha was injured himself and was still getting the ball to the playmakers. And I really hope that, it, you know, you're going to need to see a big game from Kittle. And that's corny uh, as a fan, but, like, you need it. You're going to have to attack right up the gut the safeties and the off-ball linebackers for the Eagles because you're not attacking Sweat and Reddick and the, the edges, the perimeter the with, with Bradbury and Slay. It's like, like let's see what Epps has got. Let's see what, you know, I know that these guys have all had pretty good seasons, but like... Can you can you match up with? We're gonna try to go beat you right up the middle. I think is because on the like edges, Kittle though has so a good, good matchup in this one, right? Like yeah. when you say I Kittle think, should I think be it's okay. Possible. Yeah, I, I'd say that it's it's. I, I I'd be curious. Maybe I can look it up about exactly how this Eagles defense is against tight ends this year. But yeah, I mean, this is the 49ers team does like to attack that middle of the field. They're not a team yeah. that that attacks vertically towards the edges. They're not a they're they want to put the linebackers in hell and then get it like and they want to put the safeties in hell and they want to attack the the space that that creates once there's someone there's the play action to bring the linebackers up and the deep shot to bring everyone back and then they attack that middle of the field space so you know it's not like it's not like the eagles have fred warner right yeah. so fred warner is the perfect guy to defend the the 49ers offense and the 49ers are the ones who've got them so yeah it's, it's definitely possible like 
D'Amico Ryans is going to be, like, before this game, <laughs> getting ready for uh, Jalen Hurts, who we have not seen him take the kind of hits that he is probably going to take against the Niners in this one with the sprained shoulder and see what he's looking like um, when he's just he's going to be knocked around a little bit. As good as this offensive line is, he's going to take some shots, is my guess. And D'Amico Ryans, I just imagine him being defensive coordinator from Remember the Titans, where he's like, not one more yard like that whole thing where it's just like you are going to hit this man i don't care what it takes you are hitting and driving jalen hurts into the ground as many times i don't care about the 15 yard penalty you are driving this man's shoulder into the ground whenever possible because we know what they have in gardner Minshew. and if this man's shoulder is not working right because we're hitting and it's just it's a little bit dinged up and we're hitting him and he ha- he's getting a little spooked by taking the hits then hey this is an entirely different football game if lane johnson uh, too lane johnson too is the all-world right tackle who is banged up and just recently returned to the lineup so yeah you know i'm not nothing's impossible like these in the end like obviously when you get this is the most evenly matched afc champion or not we're talking about the nfc right now but most evenly matched you know games that we've ever seen i guess so yeah it feels like it and it's it's definitely definitely a toss-up in my mind but i got the eagles in this one but well, there's yeah. um, this was also the other thing from Shatz I was going to shout out. Um, he said, quote, that means that there has never, still never been a year where the top four teams in DVOA all made it to the conference championship game. This was because Buffalo lost uh, over the weekend. That's part of the fun of the NFL playoffs. In fact, there's never been a year where the top two teams in each conference ended up in two conference championship games, even if those teams weren't the top four teams overall. So even if uh, you have the four best teams or the you have a top four roster, it's just it still doesn't mean <laughs> anything uh, when it comes to the NFL playoffs. Like it's still just not an exact science, which, like Aaron said, is uh, part of part of the fun. But then there is an exact science, which is if Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback, um, you will be competing in the <laughs> AFC title game because the man has literally never not made the AFC championship game as a starting quarterback, which is. We we're undervaluing Patrick Mahomes, I think, which is it sounds silly. I feel like the guy he's like starting like the, the Twitter meme where it's like this person starting arguments that don't exist with people, and it's like Patrick Mahomes is undervalued. And I'm like, I just think we're taking for granted the man has made it to the AFC title game every year as a starter. That's just he's silly. the greatest. He's the greatest of all time. Like if you could give oh. me any quarterback in history, I'd like for for a game you have to win it. Like give me Mahomes. I don't care. Like I, that guy, oh. he could have a high ankle sprain and his his foot could bend the wrong way, and then he comes out and he, you know, balls out anyway in the divisional I, round of the playoffs. Like it's just he's just inevitable, dude. He just he really is. He's just best of all time. I, I think so. I mean, he doesn't have the greatest like career of all time. Obviously, that's Brady. He's yeah. accomplished the most, and like Brady is the goat. But like the best quarterback that the league has ever seen. Like, you know the standard people hold quarterbacks to. Like, I, I was tweeted something about Burrow, and they're, they're like, "Well, last week he only scored seventeen <laughs> against the Raiders." Like, that's like, dude, what? Like, what else? Like, he has been <laughs> so lights out, and then people are like, "Well, he only scored 17. People look anytime you slip up once. Josh Allen, like for the mm. last couple of years, has just set the world on fire. He loses, he scores ten points, and everybody's like, "I don't know why are we talking about him as this elite guy." Like you screw up one time, and everybody turns against you. And no, like you've never had that opportunity with Mahomes outside of like the one half last year against the Bengals when they dropped three. He had that one bad half. Um, but like outside of that, like every game of his career, he's been great. Uh, he's like the greatest playoff quarterback ever statistically. Uh, he doesn't ever lose games ever. 
and he has the most talent of anyone ever. Like it's just he like no, you're not. This peak is is a peakier peak than anyone's ever peaked before. So I I think that it yeah I, people people talk about him like Orlovsky today was like well Mahomes is more talented but Burrow's the better quarterback. Like no dude, yeah, Mahomes that, is a better quarterback. <laughs> like he just is. He's better than everyone. Orlovsky's no becoming. Very quickly, like this hot take machine. Like I don't care about his food takes, and now I'm starting to not care about his football takes. Um, <laughs> takes. I, I think when you're on those shows all day, every day, you just have to be you become ingrained yeah. with the take. I think yeah. the one thing that I will say though is like Mahomes is like the perfect example of like you talk about like oh back in my day these players would have played tougher, and it's like yeah back in your day the quarterback was six foot and like. 186 pounds and like now Mahomes is like this Greek god that's just throwing the ball 90 yards on a rope and it's just a different class like even Brady it's like Brady is god right more Super Bowls no one will ever break that record but like you put you put Mahomes next to Brady even at Brady's pride when he was you know lighting it up with Randy Moss it's like it's just a different you know, different like species almost. Yeah. It feels like he's from 40 years in the future. It feels right. like he's like, when we talk about, you know, how athletes now are more athletic than athletes, you know, 30 years ago, I think that's pretty well accepted. And like, if there was a team of guys from now and they played a team of guys from the seventies, the team of guys now would just blow them out of the water. It feels like Mahomes is from the team of guys from 2050 and he's come here to <laughs> like play all the scrubs from the old, vintage era it, it's he's just yeah. he's just different but everyone he's only won one ring in those five times and you need the best roster right like the the there was a buzz that you ran into tom brady and the and the bucks and the offensive line got completely shredded and tom brady like was basically able to sleepwalk through that game and win and uh yeah so i i think and they lost the Bengals like the last couple times they played them. So as and good Mahomes as Mahomes had a self-destruction is, moment in that game, like Mahomes, he, too, he, yeah, he, he self-destructed did. a little bit. That's like the one blemish on his mm. on his resume so far, right? Like I think, I honestly think that Super Bowl against the Bucks. This is a hot take. I think that's one of the best quarterback games I've ever watched ever. I think he mm. had like ten throws in that game that were like, oh my god, it was like <laughs> he'd like do a three sixty and hit Tyree Kill in the face mask, and it would just bounce off the face mask. <laughs> and it wasn't just the two in the red zone where he spun mm. around or dove. There was like five more in that game that were like that. That I was just like, this guy is. Uh, doing like I have never seen anything like this before, where he's just doing the create like throw after throw. But anyway, I digress. They're even drafting like, well, where it's like they move on from Hill and they have Pringles in the backfield, where he had that big run where he just gets downhill and you see his head go down. Yeah, you're Pacheco. like, what is the speed? Like, what? How did they find this guy? Like, what? What? What is this? I wonder if Mahomes's injury will almost. I don't want to mm. say it will help them. But I remember last year when the Bengals started dropping three and mm. they were dropping eight guys into coverage and the Chiefs had a lead, right? They got up to an early lead in that game, but they just refused to run the football even against these light boxes and, and they were trying to hold the lead and they just threw it, threw it, threw it, threw it. And that's what's gotten mm. teams in trouble these playoffs. Like the Chargers couldn't run the ball and they blew a lead. Uh, the Bills refused to run the ball and they almost blew a lead to Skylar Thompson. Um, and, and the Chiefs, I think... If they can get out, if if Mahomes is a little bit banged up, I almost wonder if leaning more on Pacheco will. Pacheco, by help the way, them. I meant Pacheco, not yes. Pringle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost wonder if that could help him be a little bit more balanced, and I wonder if they might be better for it if 
Mahomes is still playing at a high level with the ankle injury. Not like he can't move or, you know, he's clearly not right. Like, obviously, that would be bad. But if he still looks pretty good like he did in the second half of that Jacksonville game and they run the football a little bit more and they're a little bit more balanced, I I actually think that could be a good thing for this team against this Mm. this Bengals. Uh, I I think they were too one-dimensional last time, and I think one-dimensional gets you beat. So... I, I, I don't want to say it's good that he hurt his ankle, but I, I think it could inspire them to do some good things. Hmm. I'm I'm curious to see what happens. I mean, I'm taking the Bengals. I have Bengals, Niners, and the Super Bowl here. I think both road teams actually win. Um, and I don't feel great about that. I don't feel great that road teams win. I see so many of those. I see so that take. I think I think the the Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl, which was mine, I think mm. like everybody's I think everybody's going the opposite way, and I think I'm just gonna bet the chalk with the one seeds and that's not a bad way of going two. about it. I mean, it's not a bad strategy. My right. my my bracket is perfect so far. I, I haven't gotten a, a game wrong yet, which is well, good. Go. Last but, year I got <laughs> number a, one overall, uh, getting to the final on both sides. You might be all right. Yeah, it might be all right. But last year I did such a terrible job predicting the playoffs. Uh, a, fi- a fan so so kindly reminded me of that mm. when I was victory lapping. They're like, "Remember last year That's when you so thought- weird? What are we doing? Uh, why do people keep track of this stuff? What, <laughs> like, what are we uh, doing? Forget about all those bad. Just remember the good stuff, please. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> man. Um. The right scheme, kind of pivoting off this uh, real quick, um, the right scheme for Justin Herbert to thrive in is what, Theo? So when you're thinking about the next OC for uh, the Chargers, the next scheme for him is what? I would love one where there's just guys catching it on the move, really. I, Hmm. I think, like, I would like something where there are real crossing routes happening and there are, he is able to, you know, hit someone in stride and let them pick in the journey doesn't end right there because a lot mm. right now it's a lot of these hitch routes it's a lot of these you know guys sitting down stopping at the sticks and you know keenan allen's like maybe the best at that he knows when to stop at the sticks better than anyone does but like what does he do after that so it's nickel and diming your way down the field the whole time right and um I, I just like something that with a little bit more downfield. I mean, you've got this free quarterback. You've, he's got this arm. He doesn't make mistakes. He he doesn't throw picks, really. He doesn't take sacks that often, and he's got this god to your arm. And, you know, it's just tough when he's the guy who has to be the running back to salt the game away like he was versus Jacksonville, right? Like, they didn't run it. They picked up negative three yards on handoffs the entire time. So you're asking him to be the running back, basically, and keeping things on schedule and without the 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 big playability i i would like i think one of the best offensive designers is frank reich i i mm. think that he just quarterbacks want to play with him i think that um he designs a really nice run game it's there's a lot of like trap and wham and you got all this kind of cool these cool blocking schemes that are really kind of well done and i think that could open up some things where you kind of take a little bit off herbert's plate and then i think he's just a smart guy and would know like Hey, let's 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 get, have some guy like he, he can kind of reinvent himself, and I think that he would. I think he would cook up something nice. I think that he would. I think so that he it should would just make take the, the Cardinals job. Like the Cardinals should just offer Frank Wright to that job. Give him Kyler yeah. in that group and see what he does. That would also be fun. He would he would probably scheme up some of the sickest running plays you've ever seen with Kyler Murray. He he yeah. knows how to. That guy knows how to scheme a running play. That's for sure, and a passing play. He's he's just good. Um, he's. 
And I, I'd like to see him paired with that. I, I'd like to see a little bit off of as much as I like Herbert. You know, you once you get to the playoffs, I think it, this these playoffs have shown you got to be two dimensional. The Bengals won that game because they could hand it off to Joe Mixon and pick up seven yards every time, right? They were able to salt that game away against a really good offense. And I think eventually the Chargers, if they want to have any playoff success, they need to be like Eckler has never had twenty carries in a game ever in his life. Never, never in his career has he had twenty. Yeah, I think they carries. have to draft their running back early. I'd like to see a, I'd like to see a bell cow. I'd like to see him lean yeah. a little bit more on that. I'd like to see him more two dimensional, and I'd like to see uh, just a, a little bit more of an a, an offense with explosives baked into it. And I think mm-hmm. that's what uh something like that. I don't know. That's pretty. That's pretty a bland description, but I think just something else. <laughs> something Evan, else. If the Chargers go fourteen and three in the regular season, they have the number one seed in the AFC. Would you still put them in the Super Bowl? Would you still be able, after what just happened this year, would you be able to do that kind of damage to yourself all over again? Would you buy the stock and be like, yeah, this this feels right. I think they're going to break through. They're the number one overall seed. They should be fine. I, like, you know, Frank Wright is calling the offense. <laughs> hey, if Frank Wright goes to... Uh, the, if he goes to the, the Chargers, I think I'll have a lot more faith in what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon Staley stresses me out but <laughs> i you know at the end of the day like as much as it is fun to talk about the chargers yada 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 like they did sign jc jackson and he ended up you know not playing well and then getting injured for the rest of the year joey bosa was injured like i think any team that had the issues they had with injuries and stuff is going to happen it's going to end up like that the reason Rich why the chargers are too the reason why the Chargers played as well as they did and stuck around for as long as they did is because Justin Herbert is that good. Now, yes. if he has to yes. go through those yes. things again next year, no, obviously not. But I think, you know, you know, you look at the Niners, they've got the depth, they've got good luck with injury this year, knock on wood. Um, I think I would love to see Justin Herbert get some of the that good fortune next year. Have you considered season tickets for Herbert and the Chargers? I have, yeah. I've actually th- I th- I thought about the, the Niners. I thought about the Chargers. Um, I just I I, I want to. I was like, well, you logically should get the Chargers because you could go to the games. Yeah. Uh, but then I was like, yeah. But then I would feel like like it, you know, not getting the Niners season tickets. Uh, You'd also uh, overlap, right? You miss a lot of Niners games live. I think because they'd be on. I also just don't want to get season tickets just because every time I go to a game of the Niners, I end up like this and I'm like <laughs> dead for three weeks. Your body can't handle it anymore. We're all washed, well, Evan. I'm just, yeah, I'm just going to get really into clapping. Be a big clapper. We need to get you to the Masters is what needs to happen. And it will completely change how you view sports fandom because you can't you got to do the the little claps like it's a very quiet no nah, i think i'll stick with the uh, waste management open which where you the waste and... management open that is a fun event i've been i've never been to a golf thing before Neither it's, did it's I. in phoenix when i lived in phoenix we went um and we there is like a grandstand and they had the free alcohol it was like yeah the, the grandstand was one there was a hole in one when i was there and yeah. everyone just threw everything onto the course they were freaking out and later they had another grand stand somewhere and it was like kind of poorly constructed. It was out of like wood and it was like kind of thrown together for the, for the event. Right. And, and so we kind of snuck into this VIP section and then went up to the top. We didn't have any wristbands, which you were supposed to have. So we just kind of like walked around like this <laughs> and it was free drinks. It was free drinks. It was free food. And I, I don't give a shit about golf, dude, but like free drinks, I can get into anything. That's, I, that is how golf the, is supposed to be appreciated. Yes, and it's the management open. 
exact same day as the Super Bowl down in Phoenix, Arizona. That's going to mm. be a zoo, and I am very happy. I've, I'm down there. I'll be down there for uh, like kind of the media I- row radio road days and i'm glad that i have a place to stay with friends down there because i think every hotel there is going to be a thousand dollars a night both of those events at the, the same year time. it's going to be crazy the year mm. i left it was the year that they had the super bowl there um and mm. i was like i remember i was leaving days after like that was the year i met patrick willis at bottle blonde um and yeah i i i mean we'll see uh, come this next weekend, but uh, I might be going. Uh, oh to, hell yeah! To, 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 I might be coming down to Scottsdale, seeing some old buddies. There you go. Well, there's Let's the meetup. Go. Let's do it. The 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 stay hot. Chase Thomas podcast. Evan Swords. Let's get the meetup going. Theo and Evan. Uh, Radio right Row. There. I'm hoping. I'm excited. I'm excited because there's so many like mutuals that I have online on Twitter that I've never met before, and I'm hoping that I can like actually talk to some of these people in real life that, that well I you're gonna to catch everybody by surprise the yeah because i don't think anyone's gonna be suspecting you being six four like evan and i both <laughs> just like were completely that's, perplexed that that's uh that's your height never in my life would have expected that no yeah no, and I, wait, I, no hold I, on. I, not only that you're six four but you're six four and you don't play golf hmm every tall white guy i've ever met like golf <laughs> and especially one I that wears hats golf. like that yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm full of surprises, man. I I, I try to uh, divert ex- expectations at whatever, uh, wherever I can. No golf. I'm just bird watch, and I'm not actually the five ten kind of hyper short yeah. king. I'm I'm just tall and uh, maybe a little. Uh, five ten's not know. short king. What is this nonsense? No, no, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. This is I've ever heard in my life. Not five five ten. ten right. short sorry. king. What? Listen, I, meant look, say five, I meant to say five two. The soul the and Chase number. just like got sucked out. He's like, I didn't. I, I am being attacked. Like that that hurt really bad. Say, I'm five eleven, but I'm like, I meant to say two five two. Oh my god. The wrong T. Five two five eleven. It's all the same. That man said five ten short king. That is the oh my god. That, Get is, your that is a very that is a very tall guy thing to say. That is an ex, that's that's oh not my a, god. My that hurt me. Evan saw it. That hurt. Um, last thing, we'll wrap up here. Um, I'm never getting invited back. This is oh my, my final. Oh my goodness. Uh, my um, final Trey Lance, Evan. This podcast. <laughs> Trey Lance. Do you think he gets traded to? Uh, to, uh, I'm glad Falcons. you asked because here I'm glad I'm glad <laughs> you ask. Here's what I'll say: mm-hmm. Brock Purdy's been a great story. Yeah. I don't think I'm ready to have Brock Purdy be my starting quarterback. Hmm. I don't want to get stuck in a Joe Flacco situation. Okay. I don't want to get stuck in a Kirk Cousins situation. Like it has been really fun to see Brock Purdy be successful with the fantastic roster that he has i don't want to know what brock purdy looks like when this roster i don't want to see the dak prescott version of brock purdy Mm. and can brock purdy get better yes but i don't want to be reminded of why he got drafted the last pick in the draft so you know i know it's maybe a little faux pas to be saying that during a playoff run where he's playing well um but Trey Lance was drafted for a reason. The kid's got talent. I want to see what it looks like. And if that if that means quarterback competition, sure. Has Brock Purdy earned the right to go into camp next season with presumably, you know, the Matt Flynn 
level of this is my job, yeah, sure. But Trey Lance should be able to go in and beat him. And if he can, he should. Um, they traded three first-round picks for him. But doesn't it change if they win the Super Bowl? Like, if he wins the Super Bowl, it's over. Like, you have to trade Lance. Well, what There's does no the Super back. Bowl look like? Does it look like last yesterday doesn't matter like he's a legend and there's no like there's a like the fan base Chase, turned. let yeah. me l- look at me look at me look <laughs> at me stop i know you're looking at the monitor right now look at me okay i'm looking at okay, you okay i yeah, swear yeah. to god <laughs> it matters i it does matter if he wins a super bowl yes we'll all be happy quest for mm-hmm. six yada 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 absolutely <laughs> oh no he had to he he lost <laughs> yelling at me no, it's still gone, Evan. I don't know what you're saying to me. You're trying to yell at me. I know exactly me. what it does mean. matter. It there does absolutely matter. I'm like pulling this thing up as far as it can go. Um, no, but I mean, like, listen, I don't want as a 49ers fan to get stuck in that loop that a lot of teams did where they go, oh, but we're winning. We're playing well. We've won these playoff games. We have to ride with this court, this this quarterback. I think the, the Niners and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have the opportunity here to go Brock, what a season. That was so cool, huh? Especially if he wins. Like, dude, you've got the job, right? Mm-hmm. Trey's still going to compete. How about we'll Trey and Debo for uh, Lance and Pitts? <laughs> or for uh, for Pitts and... Wait, who? Yeah, yeah, No, hold on. I did that backwards. Hold on. Trey and Debo for Pitts and multiple firsts. <laughs> the, so the only the only like stipulation that I will say towards your your what if is he went to South Carolina. Debo be a lot happier it, in Atlanta. If the not, well, I think Debo's going to be gone regardless. No, See, that's, I, like, I'm solving all kinds of problems for San Francisco. By the way, offseason. I literally I said that to my girlfriend like mm-hmm. just in confidence, just us. I was like, you know, I was like, with everything that happened, with how well the offense has played without him when he was injured, I think he might just get traded. Maybe he wants to go somewhere cool. And then Sarah like repeated that in public and i looked at her and was like no 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 no, you don't say that around other niners fans oh uh, that was funny but uh no to answer your point if they win the super bowl i won't care nothing matters yeah. every you like you like you won't be able to even ask me because i will be buck naked running down main street in san francisco uh, until they arrest That's our me. last pod. You'll be serving time away. Uh, Evan Swords will not be on the pod for <laughs> but, a couple like, of years serving his time. <laughs> I, it won't matter, and I think you'll have to maybe you know just give give uh, Trey the opportunity to go compete somewhere else. And if you can get a Kyle Pitts and a pick type return, you know Kyle's an incredible player. I would love to see him next to Kittle. Yeah, logically that makes sense. I just don't want to find out what Brock Purdy's limitations look like when they don't have as good of a roster. I think that what's at stake is a dynasty. I think that, you know, you've got the play caller and you've got the weapons that, you know, you could really, really be like the warriors of the NFL with with the amount of talent that they've got all over the board. But I think you need the quarterback as well. I think like when Foles won the Super Bowl and the Jags paid him $80 million, like we saw how that went. And I right. think like... I That's think, a great I example. Think, I think that... I think a dynasty is at stake and I think the better quarter, like you can't afford to mess up the quarterback decision. Like a ring would be nice. This team can get more rings. This team can get more, like maybe not 10 years from now. Cause it, it's not the youngest team in the world, but I mean, their window could be three years, I think. And, uh, 
you know, they need to sustainably great quarterback play, and I think that's more likely to come from from Lance. But well, and yeah, here's, I mean, here's, it's definitely got to be a competition. I mean, Purdy is Purdy has made quite the statements, so. but I don't think it can be a competition if he no, wins the Super Bowl. Like I think on, Purdy and his confidence is like absolutely not. Lance is Let's, out of here. Like he's going in Lynch's office the day after, and he's like, he's gone. Like no, I just want to make sure you all understand. Like I, this man is out of here. I agree, but I think he's what 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 Theo said is a really good point. In order to be a dynasty, you need a Tom Brady. You need a Patrick Mahomes. You you know I think you do need a, a Josh Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert. Um, I don't think that Purdy can play at the quarterback position at that level in every scenario, and it's not a knock on him because we're like, like what he's doing right now is unbelievable. It's never been done before. It's unbelievable, but like if you go, okay, I'm gonna give the you know the position is yours, Brock, and we're getting rid of Trey. Who's got a better chance of looking like Patrick Mahomes, Trey or Purdy? I mean, it's Trey. Trey. But and so is that likely? No. But do you give up that chance when you have this type of roster and this type of coach? Also, what if he doesn't win? What if they get really close? What if they Jimmy Then I think Garoppolo it's an open won? competition. Okay. I think it's an open competition unless he wins. Like if he wins, well, then you Well, but that's what can. I'm saying. You and I are saying the same thing though. If he yeah. wins, it's it's not an open up competition, but kind of is. I like, don't know. I don't think Lance there's zero chance. I'll say on the podcast January 23rd if the Niners win this whole thing, Lance is not on the roster. Like there's no chance that Lance is on this roster going into next year. And also, Matt Ryan's the backup in San Francisco. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's my I guess like matt ryan yeah i think matt ryan's the backup he Brock, goes back Brock, to the Brock and matt. yeah that's what i would guess you just have to and like you said you don't want to because you don't want to see what this looks like with purdy uh with the depleted roster around him because he get like just with the guys getting older and everything else that's and what i'm Debo saying well do you out, want to but... sign brock purdy to a five-year 250 million dollar contract what brock wants brock gets he's gonna be walking in there <laughs> and, and he's gonna be like i just won the super bowl as a rookie first time ever like are you out of your mind like this is done like i had like the cyhawk connection with kittle like we're bashing skulls pregame no this brock, is my brock, team now sir i bend my hat harder than kyle. like kyle must be disgusted with the brock purdy hat situation no, because it, no, he loves it, it. he okay, loves it he, He's in on he it. He loves it. I guarantee he thinks Brock Purdy's his son or something. Like, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. He loves Brock Purdy because I think you. No, I'm just yeah. saying the hat bending. Like all I'm saying is specifically saying. the way he bends I, his I, hat. All of it. I the chest bumping, the yelling, yeah. like all the above. Um, I'm tired, so I want to wrap <laughs> this up. But I can't stress this enough. I don't want to be negative. Brock's playing amazing. I think Brock can win the Super Bowl. I think they can do really good things against the Eagles. They have a chance to win that. Um, and I think if they go into the AFC, they have a really good chance to beat either of those teams just because of how good their defense is and the offense. Um, and we'll go from there. One, there day, one week at a time. Who knows what Shanahan will do? That's, I guess, my final. He could True. get rid of both. He could get rid of both of them and start some <laughs> other guy. He just He's, trades I'd for Lamar. Brady. He gets rid of them both. I have no fucking idea Lamar. what they're going to do. But, yeah, he could go for Brady. I don't know. It could be anybody. They're, they're, Aaron Rodgers. With Rodgers. With Shanahan, you don't know. He could go for it. He could just get bored and go for another yeah. Mr. Irrelevant. He's like, well, let's go for an undrafted guy this time. I don't or know. He Mac- He's like, Jimmy. 
I think we got another shot and let's just lock in Jimmy Garoppolo for another five years. You never know. Um, Theo, what can the good folks check out from you and over on the Substack front, uh, doing some NFL draft stuff and then the stay hot pod multiple episodes coming out this week. It's uh, it's a hot time for the hot, po- the stay hot pod because of this NFL point in the season. Uh, what can you plug as we wrap up here? Yeah. Uh, check out the, uh, the, obviously stay hot uh theo ash nfl on all socials and uh check out the Substack and some of the draft work that i'll be doing i don't even call Substack. i think if you just search theo ash Substack, it would come up it might also come up if you search draft time Substack mm. and uh or just scroll a little bit down on my twitter account and I, you'll see me posting stuff so yeah just follow me on twitter basically and i'll, I'll tell you where to go that's that's kind of what I, theo ash nfl there you go Evan Swords, what about you, sir? 49ers hub, at Evan Swords, all that good stuff. Where can the good nothing. folks get a chain if you're a Niners fan? Where do you got to get the chain? I've got nothing for you. Leave me alone. I'm tired. <laughs> Thank you. It's we'll, we'll talk next week. See you, Evan. Oh, oh, man. What a time next week will be. Evan, Theo, thank you as always. And I'll talk to y'all both very soon. This has been Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves, and I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves! Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, but you're interviewing, mm-hmm. you're, um, pleasantness, you're smart. So I think I'm going to hear big things about you. Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.